The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But he who does them and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not kill, and whoever kills shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. And whoever insults his brother shall be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, shall be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Make friends quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of unchastity makes her an adulteress and whoever ever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. The Gospel of the Lord. some seemingly rather severe readings for today, but uh, it's quite profound what the Lord is doing with his disciples. In the first reading from the book of Sirach, the Lord uh, 
articulates and gives to his people uh, what is their fundamental choice, our fundamental choice in life. He has placed before you fire and water. Stretch out your hand to whatever you wish. There is a freedom that we have in our will. Before you are life and death, and whatever you choose will be given to you. That is the great beauty and the great tragedy of free human will. We can actually choose death, and we might think, well, how do we do this? Whenever we choose sin, we choose death over life. And if we have a repetition of choosing sin, habits of choosing sin, then we are habitually choosing death over life. We are pursuing death rather than life. To turn from sin with conversion and to turn towards virtue and grace is to choose life. And if we do that habitually and with virtue, then what happens is we are choosing life. And the reward of our choices is what will be given to us. What we have desired in this life will be given to us. What is then said by St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians is that the Spirit is the one who knows all things, the Spirit of God who judges all things. We cannot hide from the Spirit the movements of our heart. We cannot hide from God himself our inclinations and intentions. And that is the level at which we will be judged. And this is what he is saying to his disciples today in the Gospel. There have been many accusations already at this point in the public ministry of Christ that he is acting contrary to the law by the Pharisees. They say he breaks the Sabbath. They say that he does not or encourages his disciples not to follow certain of their laws like the washing of their hands repeatedly and scrupulously. And so in order to clarify, in order that anyone who might think that he has come in terms of breaking the law he shows that he is not breaking it, but fulfilling it to perfection. And so he clarifies this in the hearts of his disciples. He says, think not, or don't even begin to think, is what he says to them in the Greek. Do not even begin to think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. That would mean that the law in itself was irrational if God, when he came, did not fulfill it. It would be an irrational law if the one who gave the law then came and broke it. No one would be bound to the law if God himself worked contrary to it. And so he is not a slave or a servant or a subject of the law. He is the author of the law. He is the one who gave the law through others, but now he will come and give the new law himself. And so what he will do with the law is not break it, but bring it to fulfillment and to the full depths of its trajectory in terms of its intention by God, which is right into the human heart, where God judges. The Pharisees have become scrupulous with all the exterior appearances of the law, but it has not penetrated for the most of them that accuse Christ into their hearts. And this is what the Lord will do now with his disciples. What was said through the prophet Jeremiah when the Lord said, I will place my law within my people and I will write it on their hearts. That is what God is about to do now with his disciples. Reach in with his words and write the law upon their hearts. And that is what he does with all of us when we receive his grace and the sacraments and when we receive his words of teaching and wisdom, he writes his law of love deep into our hearts. Think not, I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, for, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, 
till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law. Now the law was obviously something given to the people of God and it was written down. And the dot and the iota, they are the smallest characters in terms of that written law. And so the the Lord is saying that even those small elements, they might appear insignificant, but everything will be fulfilled. Nothing will pass away from the law. And so now the word who communicated himself through human language and writing now speaks to his people directly in the incarnation. And he gives them these principles. And he begins with the passions that generally can overwhelm us in terms of our reason and cause us to sin. And he begins with anger. You have heard that it was said of old, you shall not kill, and whoever kills shall be liable to judgment. Murder is the final stage, if you will, of anger at another. Anger which has come to the point where the person believes it would be better that the life of that person was snuffed out and that that person was no longer present. Anger disregards the other person in terms of how God sees them. Anger can cloud our vision and our value that we have of other people. And so the Lord says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, even in the interior, shall be liable to judgment. So he again points into the heart where all sin begins, where anger and its movements begin in the human heart. And if they are kindled interiorly, then they can flame up and become actions. But the Lord wants us to stop the movements of anger in the heart when they begin, so that they never have any impact or effect in our life or in the way in which we view another. And so even though we might not murder someone, insults that might be cast around are also an expression of an interior anger that has become now out of control. We live in a culture of insults. We live in a culture where the means of insulting another is so freely available through social media and the likes and those type of things, insults fly around. How much do we participate in those things? How much do we respond with anger and without thought? How much do we allow our anger to cloud the value that we place upon another person? And so the Lord says, whoever says you fool to another shall be liable to the hellfire. Now this in the Greek was the Gehenna fire, And the Gehenna fire, there was a valley which was south of Jerusalem, Gehinnon. And in this valley, they used to burn, at the time of Christ, refuse and the bodies of the poor. It had been a place in antiquity where the Canaanites had offered sacrifices to their deities. But at the time of Jesus is where these fires would burn in which refuse and the bodies of the poor were cast. And so what one of the commentators says, what the Lord is saying here to his disciples is that when we dismiss someone as a fool or as an idiot, what we are essentially doing is saying that they are no longer worthy of our attention. We, in a certain sense, throw them onto the fires with rubbish and let them burn. And the Lord is saying that that will be our punishment if we do that. And so the Gehenna fires were, in a certain sense, a metaphor, an earthly metaphor for hell. And so it was an image that the Lord brought to their mind in order to shock them into the severity and the seriousness of what he is saying about the movements of their heart. Do not let anger cloud your relationship with your brother, as he calls them. 
and our brother is anyone for whom Christ has offered his life, which is everyone. We are called not to see people through the lens of our anger, but to see them through the lens of the precious blood with which they have been purchased. The precious blood is the value of another person. It is the value also of ourselves in terms of the eyes of God. And when we dismiss other people in anger, in frustration, what happens is we replace that lens of value with a lens that is distorted, our own anger. And that begins in the heart. And so the Lord is saying, stop it before it begins. Do not allow it to have free reign in your actions or thoughts, or when it comes out, there is also these severe judgments that can happen. And so he says, rather, use your life to make peace with those you have offended. What he is saying is forget about who has offended you. Focus on who you have offended. He says, if you're on your way, then if you're on your way to the, um, let me find it here, if you're on your way to the accuser, make on your way to the court, make friends quickly with your accuser, the one who has taken offense because of you. Focus on that in your life and make sure that you attempt to bring peace to the ones for whom Christ has offered his life. And then he speaks of the sin of lust. Now lust is similar to anger in that it also distorts our vision of the other person. The person becomes an object instead of a person valued by God. The focus becomes the body and not the soul. What is valued is not properly valued in the person. What is of value is not properly valued. And again, it is a distortion. Lust is to see people through a distorted lens, and again, not through the lens of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, with whom and for whom he has suffered. And so what the Lord is commanding is that those movements and inclinations, those intentions, are what should be governed in our interior. And so as we kind of bring this to a completion, the fulfillment of the Lord's, of the Lord's law is love. Love is what brings it to perfection, and that is why it is particular to the heart. And we have to remember that the Lord is always looking at us completely, his vision doesn't stop at the surface, but penetrates always into the interior. And that our holiness cannot simply be superficial. Our holiness must be deep. It must be right permeating to the core of who we are, to our heart, those initial movements and inclinations where the Lord judges and where sin can begin or virtue can begin. The Lord places before us life or death. Whatever we choose, will be given to us. Amen.